Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And good morning, Tedline. God, we come to you this morning thankful. Uh, Lord, you're wonderful. And your your word is an everlasting rock on which we stand, Lord. And we thank you for it this morning. We thank you, God, because today is the day that you have made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Good morning, Ted Line. Uh, it's Saturday, and, or Sunday. Actually, it's Sunday. And I want to 
let you know that I appreciate you being with me this morning, early on the Sunday morning. Uh, it's been a busy week. Uh, you know, changes are happening. The, the changes of seasoning and the, the changes of seasons are changing. Weather and and of course this time of year is one of uh, busyness and uh, with the added uh, worldwide um, attempts of chaos and confusion, I'm sure all of us have plenty to do. And as was forementioned, distraction is out and about. Distraction is out and about. But Jesus is Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning, maybe briefly, about our God and him having the final word. See, God has the last word. And in Ezekiel 36, uh, God is explaining he's he's through his prophet who is writing. God is prophesying a final word. And God says, also thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, ye mountains of Israel, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, the enemy hath said against you, Aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that ye might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen. And ye are taken up in the lips of talkers and are an infamy of the people. Now, I found that, that one line interesting. It stuck, God stuck that out to, to me, and it, you know, I underlined that for myself, where it says, And ye are taken up in the lips of talkers. Now, I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but continuing on to verse 4. Therefore, ye mountains of Israel... Hear the word of the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains, and to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys, to the desolate wastes, and to the cities that are forsaken, which become a prey and derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all Idumea, which have appointed my land into their possession with the joy of all their heart and with despiteful minds to cast it out for a prey. Prophesy therefore concerning the land of Israel and say unto the mountains and to the hills, to the rivers and to the valleys. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have borne the shame of the heathen. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up mine hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. But ye, O mountains of Israel, 
ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. For behold, I am for you, and I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled and sown, and I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it, and the cities shall be inhabited, and the wastes shall be builded. And I will multiply upon your man and upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bring fruit. And I will settle you after your old estates, and will do better unto you than, than at your beginning, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Yea, I will cause men to walk upon you, even my people Israel, and they shall possess thee, and thou shalt be their inheritance, and thou shalt no more henceforth bereave them of men. Thus saith the Lord God, because they say unto you that land devourest up men and hast bereaved thy nations. Therefore thou shalt devour men no more, neither bereave thy nations any more, saith the Lord God. Therefore I will cause men to hear in thee the shame of the heathen any more. Neither shalt thou bear the reproach of the people any more. Neither shalt thou cause thy nations to fall any more, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore, <clears throat> I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land, and for their idols, wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered into the heathen, Whither they went, they profaned my holy name. Then they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his hand. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, say, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen, and gather you out of all the countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness, and from all your idols, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes, my judgments, and do them. 
and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. Ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from your uncleanness, and I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doings that you were not good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord God. Be it known unto you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and in and the wastes shall be builded. And the desolate land shall be tilled, wherein it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. As the holy flock as the flock of Israel, Jerusalem in her solemn feast, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 37, continuing on to all the way to verse 14, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very, very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause a breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, 
and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet as exceeding great and exceeding. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O, our, o, o my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and performed it, saith the Lord. A depiction of very graphic imagery that's, that's, that's shared, that's given in the, in the words of the prophecy. It speaks of uh, a pit of, of dried, dead bones that have been there for who knows how long. And the imagery is uh, somewhat poetic but so prophetic, so uh, such an example of, of God's power, of his far-reaching purpose for his creation, and it reaches prophetically all the way into the, into the future, into the present, even speaking about the, the scattered people of the nation of Israel being brought together uh, uh, in our timeline as we saw it. When the people of Israel began coming back to to uh, their homeland by plane and by by car and bus and horse and uh, they were gathered back together and we know now that this was a prophetic uh, revealing of the word of God in modern times. But the, this story prophesies of more than that. Of more than that. In Matthew sixteen, ten through twenty, Jesus is speaking and he he said and he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying but he answered and said every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be uprooted let them alone they be blind leaders of the blind and if the blind lead the blind both shall fall into the ditch then answered Peter and said unto him declare unto us this parable are ye also yet without understanding do not yet Ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? 
But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Unwashing hands defileth not a man. This parable Jesus talks about has direct spiritual parallel with the prophetic proverb God spoke about back in Ezekiel 36.3 when he said, Therefore prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you a desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that ye might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen. And ye are taken up in the lips of talkers. And are an infamy of the people The parallel there of what leaves the lips Captivates It binds It destroys It defiles And God was exposing to his people The condition of bondage By way of You know being bound up And hemmed up By spoken words Especially spoken words of their enemy And then in verse 4 God declares he declares this, now I'm going to speak. They said this about you, and with the intent, it was to take you captive. It was to destroy you. It was to steal from you. But then God speaks. God spoke. For <clears throat> says, hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it, and pass away. For they keep, for they sleep not except... They have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they have they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, and climb thine ear 
unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. See, we keep these words as instructions in our heart. We keep these this wisdom that's given by God. We keep it in our heart to do right. And God is telling us it's right. He's telling us this is the good way. And it's directly revealed to us in verse 22 because his words are alive and they're, they make alive. They are health to, your, to our flesh, it says. Our bones' health comes from the goodness of his words. These words right here are, are, are maybe offensive to some. They're controversial maybe today in our culture, but We need living words. We need the word of God that promised it's able to be kept in a society where there's chaos and unsurety. That source of life and trust, that source of life. John 6.63 says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. These are the words of life. The words of life. Not just are the words of God life and alive, but they are spiritual. They're spiritual. This means we can take his words and place them in our heart, apply them in spiritual places and in spiritual needs and in spiritual ways because they are spirit. They are life. They can enter and go where the flesh cannot go in our inner man. Jesus reminds us where our life and health come from, actually. The flesh doesn't give life. It is the spirit that gives the flesh its life. It's the spirit that gives us life, his spirit. In Matthew twelve thirty four and Luke six forty five, Jesus clearly says that out of the abundance or the treasure of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what Jesus was saying was was like it is in Proverbs four twenty three, keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 10.12 The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. This is what wisdom and knowledge Jesus is instructing us in verse 9 through 12 when he tells us that this truth is the grace of God placed upon us like a crown like a crown of life. 
Isaiah 38, verses 11 through 19. I said, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Mine age is departed and is removed from me as the shepherd's tent. And I've cut off like a weaver my life. He will cut me off with pining sickness. Day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. I reckoned till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes fail who looked upward, who looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me, and himself hath done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things live, and in all these things in the life of my spirit, so wilt thou recover me and make me to live. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The writer here is at the verge of his strength and hope. Sounds like death is becoming something uh, he's having to deal with. Like he's getting older in age, and 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 it seems as if things are sounding worse for him. But at the end, he declares, "But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption." So right, right as over, right as things sound like it's it's done, he turns to his God to have the, the last word, to have the last say. Because he doesn't give the grave, the grave any credit. He doesn't give the uh, death uh, any kind of praise. But he, he lifts up God and says, God, you love my soul. And you've delivered me. Because he knows where his life comes from. He knows that in even the worst of circumstances, even when things seem to be at the end, God has the last word. And that was in his mind, that was in his spirit, in his inner man. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And this is true whether you're in good times, whether you're on... uh, whether you're in the best years of your life, whether you're in successful uh, business ventures, whether you're in uh, a wonderful s- surplus, 
of friends and family and resources and money and jobs and all all the good things in life, or even if you're at at the bottom of or at the end of the rope or cards are all maxed out or there hasn't been a job available for, for weeks or years. Whatever the circumstances are, this is true. Carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's true in any circumstance. Romans 8, 6 Amplified says it this way. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. Romans 8, 6, in the message, those who think they can do it on their own, end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's actions in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing. Living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us into out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, pleased at being ignored. The words of the prophet Ezekiel tell us a lot about the power of God. It's a very good uh, word picture. It's a good demonstration. He received the word from God and obeyed the commandment to speak and prophesy to a pile of bones. He wasn't someone reading the Psalms many years after the Psalms were written and playing out what he read. Ezekiel heard from God. Like face to face, he heard from God. And God did a new thing through his obedience. No doubt this was a strange, abnormal thing. This wasn't common for a man to believe enough, you know, to see this kind of a thing. But he believed enough to obey. Ezekiel obeyed. And I'm sure that this pile of bones... We're there for some time. It's pretty understood. If anybody, you know, walked by these bones often, I'm, I'm sure that it was uh, an, an established understanding that these were dead bones. So it, it it was no shock to have seen something like this and, and write it off. They were buried, hopeless, cast aside. They're garbage. There's There's nothing useful here. But all of that means nothing to God. What men discard or regard as dead, useless, uh, 
you know, invaluable or whatever, God views it through his eyes. And through his eyes, they're living. How God sees things is more important than how the world sees them, how we see them. The words of God, the Bible says the words of God are life. They're alive. Hebrews 4, 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now that same verse in the Amplified says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is so impactful it's so limitless that it can reach the whole person and inf- impact the whole person. Just like the surgeon's scalpel can cut to the meat of the matter, get to the bone of the matter, gets down to the deep part, and it gets down to the inner man. Isaiah thirty-eight fifteen and 16, what shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answers and he says, but... He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 4.4 And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Acts 17.28 For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. God God does new things. God is doing a new thing. He's not restricted to calendars, routines, men's rituals, our Uh, limited uh, uh, imaginations. God is not limited by any of these things, by our technology, by our, uh, even by the stretches of, of the world's collective imagination. He is not limited. And like Dr. Shepard has been telling us faithfully for a long time, that 
God doesn't have to do anything twice. Can and does new things. Even today, he does a new thing in the earth. God works in the newness of life. Doing new things and bringing to life things that were previously declared, cast aside, written off as done over and dead. Hopeless. But God does new things and brings life. When you or I think it's over and there is nothing more that we're told that can be done, and when the entire world seems to have been crippled by fear and given up, it doesn't, it doesn't limit God. He, he stands ready. He is the word of life. And he has the final word. Our God is ever able. Isaiah 43, 1 through 21. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee. I have called by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Declared and have saved, and I have showed, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will show it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have set, sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters. 
which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness, the rivers in the desert. The beasts of the fields shall honor me. The dragons and the owls, because I have waters in the wilderness. I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. So when God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live, Ezekiel? may have been an odd odd question may have been a hard question it may have been an easy question for him I don't know but when he when we're asked the same question about those things in our lives that are written off too late to be saved in, in, in some men's eyes and some worldly standards our answer should be yes God even these bones can live Will we be found faithful when we're met by this question? And the answer be faithful before Jesus because he says, am I not God? Is there anything too hard for me? What's too hard for God? Remember, fear is a lie. It's a spirit. So we can be ready with excitement, anticipation, knowing a God who is bones to life. We can be ready with expectation to see God work this answer, this answer for us when we're faced with it. There's a lot of questions in the world today. There's a lot of uh, finished races. There are a lot of finished things that are written off, a lot of things that are settled and done and a lot of definitions and words are flying back and forth and a lot of uh, spirit of fear trying to get people to back down and sit down and be quiet and accept one thing, accept another. But when the, the God, your Redeemer, comes to you and asks you, can the bones live? Will your faith be there to say, Lord, you know they can be? Because we, we should know our God. We should know our God enough. Mighty, mighty moves of, of signs and wonders follow those that believe him, as the scripture has said. In Daniel eleven thirty two says, And such as do with me against the covenant. Shall he corrupt by flatteries But the people that do know their God Shall be strong And do exploits Amen So I would just pray that We all have it settled In our hearts and in our minds That we know a God Who is able Raise up to life Dead dry bones Anything 
and everything is possible through God. It's possible through God. So at the end of the day, God has the last word. God has the last word. God has the final word. Praise God. Headline, I thank God for you, and I thank you for being with me this Sunday. Powerful, mighty, power-working name of Jesus. Uh, walk in his word and have faith in him. Do the impossible, because there is nothing impossible with God. Because God has the final word. Amen. And we'll see you tomorrow morning in Jesus' name. You gave a heavenly breath and now it's there in our chest. That's why we're singing it back to you. For every battle you won, for everything that you've done and everything that you're gonna do.